first of all, well done. Yeah. Well, well done. Uh, well, <laughs> well done. Well, no, well done for last night oh. at Ronnie Scott's. You know that meant a lot to me, don't you? I mean, you know that was at the, the pinnacle of my career. You know, we've had great moments of pleasure. We've had, like, wonderful times. You know that. We work together. And, you know, I've had Stevie Wonder come and guest and kind of start singing Don't You Worry About a Thing in Los Angeles. But playing with Shaka was the pinnacle of my career, for sure. And what is it uh, that makes Shaka just that one step different to all the other girls you've sung with? What makes Shaka so special? The voice. <laughs> The story, the history, the journey. I was 16 years old, mm. you know, listening to her and looking at her and thinking, oh, this is my dream girl, you know, mm. she's got because she had that voice. I'm a musician, I, you know, the prettiest looking girl with the most beautiful voice. Mm. You know, to be up there on stage with somebody who actually made all that incredible music that is part of, you know, and fibre of our lives, you know, whether it's that deep soul music or those beautifully kind of like arranged music by Quincy Jones and Arif Mardin and and people like Claire Fisher with you know the whole you know the band the Rufus band was like kind of something that I wanted to have you know I want incognito to sound like Rufus yeah. would you say Rufus were the ones they were the sort of rhythm section that you were most comparing oh, yeah. yourself to oh, not, yeah. not Earth, Wind and Fire not no. um, any of the more fun no, bands no. Rufus, Rufus because is, is the thing. because he's got that soulfulness but it's got that jazziness it's got the funkiness it's got that eclectic kind of like you know something which is almost samberish in one of the tunes yeah. you know you start playing the acoustic guitar and kind of take it somewhere Fun of Fire did that to a certain extent but they were like working within their sound with Shaka they were almost writing for the voice for the singer in the same way I did with Mesa and yeah. I've always loved the female voice and the sound of, of a funky band but that can really complement that female voice and I mean Rufus is the Bible yeah it's been a while right you and I have known each other we've done a couple of tete-a-tetes um, yes. recently but um, you were the first interview yeah um, with my life in your back garden <laughs> in your garden. Mom, with yeah. your mum making lovely tea and, and, and cakes and biscuits yeah. <laughs> and yeah and that was in fact because I was doing that thing on the Brazilian documentary that we were talking about where I talk about you and I say that um, mm -hmm. it was you introduced me to George Drew but actually I might have been incorrect in that yeah, comment yeah you were incorrect because it you, was Aieto Deeper. <laughs> deeper. <laughs> you went deeper. Yeah, I'm fine. How are you, right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. I brought that record. What's that? It's, yeah. Man, it's like, and you played it and you were like, your eyes lit up. You were like somebody who'd found gold. That's when I realized what you were about. Right. And you never lost that, my friend. And right. thank you for that because, okay. you know, you fed, you fed that back in the system so, so often.
Well, we're here for we're here for Chaka, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's good. But she doesn't do interviews, does she? No, not Why usually. Not? No. Why not? Why is she doing this today? Did you put a word in for me? Yes. Oh my gosh. So it's good that you're here. Thank you very much, Blue. Is there anybody living today? You know, I'm thinking Aretha, Dinah Ross, who, I suppose... There's no female that stands up to Shaka Khan. There is none. There is none. Because it's not just a bit about having the pipes to kind of riff something. She has that deep knowledge of jazz. She has that story that, you know, it could only be because she was around Miles Davis, because she did work with Charlie Parker, you know? She's still there. She's still looking beautiful. She's still singing. You know, I'm in awe of what she does because in the depth of her songwriting, she's an amazing songwriter, one of the best songwriters of our time. And all that those, all those other, other girls didn't write like her. Not like her, yeah. no. First of all, I want to say thank you very much for coming down. Um, and I wanted to let you know that Bluey was the first person I ever interviewed. I was 16 years old. Wow. And I lived in South London and I had a pirate radio station. Oh. And he had a band called Incognito. And uh, I, I wrote letters to the fan club of Incognito and a couple of Sweet. other groups. And he's the only one who responded. Isn't that nice? <laughs> so it's nice to be with Bluey. Where are you based right now? In Los Angeles. Los Angeles. I just sold me house here. Oh, I was yeah. here for over 30 years. Where were you? In the West End, West, yeah. West London, West Hampstead. And um, why did you like London and what was it that brought you here? I love this place. I think it's, it's a beautiful city. I think the people are fabulous. You know, the people make a place. I've just got a lot of great connects and great friends here. And I, I love the weather. <laughs> I love um, dramatic weather, drama. I'm a Europhile. I lived in Germany as well. I also kept a... Home in Germany. Well. I, that, that, I was impre- yeah, surprised by that. Whereabouts was that? Well, I lived in Mannheim, and then I lived in um, in a little village called Weisenheim am Berg in the Pfalz, about Durkheim. I, I lived for about a year and a half in Switzerland as well, in Montreux. I had a chalet there for about a year and a half. This is a while back. Yeah. But yeah, I I will probably you know end up 
in Europe. You know, at the end of the day, that's, you know, really where my sensitivities lie. You started off in Chicago? Yes. Um, can we go back to that time and how, you know, you were listening to music at home and obviously your sister, your brother, musicians, parents. Can mm-hmm. you give me some history? Yeah, everybody was very was inclined, you know, musically inclined. My, and my, my mother could do anything. She could build a house, really, foundation to top. Such an amazing woman. My dad could do anything, too. They were both artists, painters, sculptors, singers. Everything. So I grew up in Hyde Park in Chicago. And Hyde Park is called Hyde Park because it's near the University of Chicago. It's like an island uh, in the middle of madness. And people would come from all all over the world. So a lot of my friends were kids from all over the world. So So already then you were... Already there. I was born right into it. So that was a great thing for me. And it it was a very good, you know, training ground, proving ground for me. I met a lot of interesting people. My dad was a beatnik. Those guys, you know, that were the, just for the audience's sake, who wore the French hats to the side and had beards and drank a lot of wine and played kungas and so it wasn't and just in San jazz. Francisco. So it was that was also in Chicago. Oh, it was all over. Yeah. yeah, you know, there were a lot of enlightened people there that were practicing and doing their lives. A lot of mixed marriages, in spite of the you know the crazy attitudes that were going on. But it's a great place to be from. It's also a time when you were. Black Panthers. Yeah. Now how did, and you were in Rufus at that time? That was before Rufus. That was before mm-hmm. Rufus, okay. I was in school, I was 13, 14. Already at that mm-hmm. age. My father remarried, he married this woman named Connie. Connie uh, Faye, Constance Faye. And I moved in with my dad. She was white, they were a mixed, they were a mixed couple, and she was very active, you know, in the civil rights movement as well. There was always a rally, a rally going on or some kind of march or some movement doing something. Always, never, mm-hmm. <laughs> never a dull moment in that city. So I would go a lot of times with her to the rallies and stuff. And I remember one time I was at a rally and I spoke at a rally. And it was such a big ordeal in our family. Her mother came. Her mother was a, a Russian um, woman and her... Connie's mother, and they had suffered a lot of discrimination. And we all were under that umbrella of, um, of fighting for the people. Back home, I might have been a dancer, swinging and swaying my nakedness from one shore to another. I might have lunged through space, cutting the air with my blackness, embracing time with the captivating movements of a woman free. I might have dipped in clear waters, decorating my hair with coral, allowing the sparkling liquid to drip from my imperfect breasts. With blossoms in my hair, I might have danced for the man who, taking my hand, would fill my mind with the goodness of things to come, talk to my thighs and make my belly rise, till I can feel, I mean really feel, the aching movements of a proud unborn warrior, impatiently awaiting the time when he too could eat the heart of a lion and be a man. Now understand that back home, I could have been a dancer, letting my body scream out the syncopated sounds of a woman free. And I wouldn't have been special, not different from anyone, because back home, all of us might have been dancers, and I don't mean jitterbugs. So you were 17 in Chicago, first, like, getting into music properly. Mm-hmm. Rufus, 17 already? Or was it before no, that? 17. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, 
Where would you perform? On the north side of Chicago in an area called Old Town. They have a lot of clubs, about maybe six blocks of clubs on either side of the street. So a lot of people, when they came to visit the city, you know, that's where you go and have a good time and party all night. And, you know, there are bands in every club. And uh, Had you been a kind of sheltered girl up until that point? I mean, your parents were yes. sort of bohemian. Yes, but very sheltered. So they were scared that you were getting into this area of town and singing? No, they weren't scared of that. But back then, then, for you to be singing in a white band, or primarily a white mm. band, right, Rufus, mm -hmm. that was out of the blue, right? Well, that thing, well, that, that was, wasn't happening. That was a time in the 70s and 60s, yeah. in the 60s, when that was the proper way to do, a, to do a band. If you were a white band, you want a black singer. That was what was considered success. The girl that uh, sang with Rufus before me, Paulette McWilliams, she just took it to the hitch. Took it to took that to another level. She knows she had like this one size 50 D cup, and then she wore really big long eyelashes, and you know she's really giving it on stage, you know, and the, and singing, you know, the rock and roll, and the guys are playing, and it was really cool, and uh, <laughs> and she looked good, and so she actually pulled me aside and told me some tricks of her trade, but I didn't take any, I, I, I couldn't do her. So I just did what I do, you know, I couldn't and all that, I just, it's not me. I just stayed true to my hippie. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> did you ever cross paths in, path in, in the Chicago scene with Charles Stepney? He was my idol. Yeah. And yeah. I used to listen to him a great, great deal when I was a kid. And um, With Rotary Connection. Yes, Minnie Ripton. Terry Callier. All of them, yes, and uh, Cash McCall. John Stockson, all those people I knew along. I was in a band. We did. We were. We also eventually got together and did some music. I don't know. I wish I could get some footage that somebody has it. But um, I, 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 I still adore Charles Stepney. Yes, there's still a couple of songs I want to do from that Hey Love album. Um, That's black, black gold, gold of the sun. Yeah, black, yeah. black. You not done that? I'm the night black gold of the sun. Imagine, imagine a track version of that. Well, Please know, do that um, for me. Please do that it, for uh, me. Phil Upchurch played. Yeah. On yeah, that CD, right. mm. and he's a very old and dear friend of mine. Mm. He used to be my boyfriend. He actually did an mm. instrumental version of it. Yeah, yeah. Just cool black gold.
pieces of the evil that lurks within. Smiling faces, smiling faces sometimes they don't tell the truth. Smiling faces, smiling faces tell lies, and I got proof. I love the fact that Chaka Khan's sister was in Undisputed Truth and her brother was in one of my favourite funk bands of all time, Aura. And I know he might not have been playing on this particular album, although this is the second album by Aura, but I'm imagining that he was and uh, the track called Are You Single? We are in conversation with Chaka Khan, the queen of funk and beyond.
So what was the spark that made you go out on the road with Rufus? Being and, broke. Right. I had no money. I was going to be an anthropologist, or I was going to teach to be a teacher. I thought to myself, what, well, how can I support myself? At 17, I did nothing. I was just getting ready to graduate from high school. Didn't, didn't make that either. Uh, so I said, I got to put all this stuff on ice because I got to get out of here. And I remembered, I said, oh, I can sing. And it worked. Getting recognized at that time? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was fast. For that time, yeah, yeah it was very fast. Mm. Where did they come from? Were they local? Um... It was a guy named Bob Monaco. He was local. He was living in California. And he worked with ABC Dunhill Records. And he discovered us. In Chicago? In Chicago. At a club. While we were performing at a club. We came every night. And then one night, he asked us, would we like to... Uh, we ventured in signing with uh, a label. What was it about you that you think he liked? What was it about Rufus that made you different? Well, we had great material, uh, original material. Did you write most of the... The American s- breed, and Rufus was originally the American breed. They, These guys were already kind of seasoned musicians. Um, I mean, I wrote some notes, just I looked at... I didn't want to bore you with your discography, because I'm sure you're bored of it, but honestly, as a fan, if you look at Rufus and your involvement in Rufus... Mm-hmm. Writing mm-hmm. as well as performing, mm-hmm. the amount of tunes that came out of that period, mm-hmm. and then you add those to Chaka Khan mm-hmm. um, and all that stuff, mm-hmm. and again, so many originals. It's phenomenal, your, your canon of work. There's I mean, a lot of writing, is there? There's so much. There were so I many mean, tunes. You know, all the songs that I've written with Rufus and without Rufus up until today. But I've got a lot of Because you've got one. You, got, you have the, you have the, uh, the archives. I've, I've got it all. Yeah. So I could have that because I'm getting ready to go through a fight for my life. Why are you fighting? Well, I got, you know, I have to, I'm trying to pull all my assets together. Right. You know, and I don't have access to a lot of stuff. And I don't know who does. Mm. Are, you, are you talking more about your ownership of your own songs? Ownership, yes. I'm working so, on that. Okay, because I had George Clinton here recently and he's had this awful period. I mean, he didn't get nothing forever. Well, he's only just getting I know, it now, I, right? I understand. I understand. I used to, you know, when I used, to, I used to do a lot of BBC interviews, they used to take me over to the vault downstairs in yeah. the basement and just let me go yeah. haywire.
I want to go to um, 75 quickly. Um, talk to me about Sweet Thing. Tony and I were messing around in the studio one day. He's playing his guitar like we always do. We used to always do this a lot. The guys would be jamming or something. You know, sometimes I just start singing with it and we make a song. So this is one of those instances. I just started, he was playing those pretty cool. I just started singing with it. And then he said, write some words to that. So I just sat down and wrote, we wrote in 10 minutes. One of those. 10 minute song. And both husbands, I heard you say something about... Something. Oh, I told, yeah, t- you know, yeah. all the guys I was with, you know. Yeah. That, always sweet things Yeah, for them. It was always for that person. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah, so. I wrote it for you, babe. <laughs> <laughs>
The 17, Rufus, bubbling, married? Who's married? Did you get married at 17? I got married at 17 because that's when I got my record contract. And they wouldn't let me sign it without my mother's co-sign. I said, absolutely not. I said, how can I be legal? This is my life. How can I be legal? I said, well, if you were married, then that you would be an adult. So I, this guy, this friend of mine named Hassan, um, we were sort of an item. I said, well, well this, would you marry me so that I can sign my contract? He said, okay. So we got, we went down to City Hall. I asked my mother. I told my mother, I said, well, I want to get married. She's like, absolutely not. So I, then I lied. I thought, I said, well, what if I were pregnant? Okay, when do you want to go down to City Hall? It's like that. So I, I told, I lied. I said I was pregnant. And then she let me get married. And how did you get on with Hassan? So after the baby was born, because <laughs> I signed a record deal, you know? So about four months. After the baby was born, she's four months old, I was on, my, on a plane to L.A. I left my husband, and I was on my way. And um, while I was on the plane, I was... These words were going around and around over my head, you know, what I was doing, and thus came the song, Pack My Bags. I can tell by the look was in your eyes And I'm not surprised You got to move on like the sun got to rise I'm just holding you down Smile in her face. I only wish we were with you. 
And it just seems to me like chaotic period. I mean, you know, but then you had the energy, you had the youth, and you were like yeah. out on the road with a bunch of boys on tour. And an amazing, an amazing front front person thing that you had, you know, right from one, even in your style. All the black singers I knew prior to you mm-hmm. did not have that energy. Mm-hmm. Of, and they didn't, most of them were older than with, with record yeah. deals. You were yeah. younger, and you brought this thing to the stage. And I often wondered, was there some kind of indigenous Indian thing because of your look? Yeah, I am. I'm Indian. Yeah. I'm so foot. therefore, the feathers and and that whole thing that Jamira well, quite later took on that was that was your thing. That was well, you was celebrating what, who you were. You know, I'd already uh, embraced my Pan Africanism, my African thing with the Pan African yeah. movement. I'd already gone there. Yeah. So, well, what other part of me can I celebrate? Yeah. I said, oh, the Blackfoot, the leather and the feathers. So I was like, yeah, celebrating aspects of my, yeah. of me. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody loves a cowboy and an Indian. <laughs> <laughs> you can't lose with that one. <laughs> Um, one thing I needed to ask you before I forget today actually was the 75th anniversary of Blue Note Records this year mm-hmm. and is there a Blue Note record that you would well I'm working in talks right now as a matter of fact to for me to do a compilation uh, project with Blue Note a compilation it, yeah with a lot of various artists from Blue Note and myself so jazz you know jazz fusion Robert Glasper he's one of the people right Don was you're talking to him Don about Wallace that. Don was that's what we're talking with. Great. Well, I mean, could this lead to a Chaka Khan album solo? Gonna, yeah, it'll lead to it. It'll be a solo project with me and other musicians, other artists. It's becoming together of artists and myself. Mm. Um, artists on Blue Note label, on the Blue Note label. And, um, yeah. And we'll be doing songs together. And is, <laughs> there, is there one Blue Note record that you would go back to today? I can't think of one. Yeah. I'm not a Blue Note. I don't specifically yeah. search out seek out blue note i just seek out people who i like to listen to yeah and i don't really buy a lot of records and i don't listen to music yeah go figure yeah i just you know i have i have moments yeah are there times when uh in the car and i keep a i keep a Joni mitchell cd ready for that or i keep uh, miles davis or bruce hornsby you know i really enjoyed hearing you talking about um your voice and comparing it to a saxophone. Mm-hmm. And it obviously makes a lot of sense, the jazz side of things. And you name-checked Youssef Latif amongst them. Who would be the saxophone that is the closest... The quintessential saxophone? To you, to your Charles voice? Parker. I'd like to think. <laughs> of course, I'd like to think that. Yeah, alto sax. Yeah. You know, or th- you know I don't like soprano sax. I don't, I'm real picky on my horns. Yeah, I only like trumpet if it's muted. I do not like soprano sax. Play a clarinet, why don't you? Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> you know, I'm a bass cleft girl. If I, if I had a horn section, it would be a tuba, a baritone sax, an alto sax, and an alto sax. That'd be so rich. What's yeah. the closest you've come to that? You've done quite a few. Well, I did Howard Johnson's tuba quintet several times on some of my recordings. That's the best horn section on the planet. My dream horn section would be that.
Joe Henderson. Love Joe Henderson. Oh, did I love him. Him and Parker, I love Joe Henderson. He's the most melodic. He's such a singer with a sax. He's the great singer, a great singer. It's great. We haven't even spoken about Miles Davis today. I mean, we no. got Tell me about him. Now, you were saying another thing. He played, he played on all on the... My, yeah, played on every song on the CK, <laughs> on the CK album. On this record? Yeah. The one with Sticky Wicked. No, oh, yeah, no, no Sticky no, Wicked. No, this one, yeah. Yeah. Right. And, <laughs> and <laughs> he's so crazy. He came with his two horns, about two horns. He was going to give me, he gave me the purple, go give me the purple one. I have to go, I have to, it's in collection. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. Um, and his, um, what? He just wouldn't stop playing. Every track that came up, he got out there and played. So I was like freaking out. And, well, I was freaking out a little bit. What are we going to do? I said, okay, look, just let him play along. And we'll just take it off when we don't need it. You know, so that's what we did. <laughs> so there we are, tapes with Miles yes. all over yeah. um, that whole entire yes. album. <laughs> and at that time, you know, Prince was on the scene too. And uh, me and Miles and Prince were talking about doing a, a CD together. You know, and then we talked about it again just before Miles died. I just then I was just just finished working with Prince on uh, something. Oh, on the LCD we did come to my house, and I told her, and we were me and Prince and Miles were in conversation about doing rock, a rock CD. In the middle of the day when you wake up, stick it, don't go 
Um, okay, I've got a choice. Bebop Medley or do I play Night in Tunisia? Truthfully, Bebop Medley is like the crown, my, the, the jewel in my crown. Uh, that's the only song I've ever, ever, ever sung I'm really proud of because it really did... Um, 
<laughs> it was a real challenge for me. And I love challenges.
Hey, this is Shaka Khan, and you're listening to Giles Peterson Worldwide.
the set list was excellent as well yesterday, oh, by the way. You. It was just spot on. Um, enough of the right stuff, enough of the ones that people would have wanted to hear. Um, but uh, I was really happy to hear Tell Me Something Good. Right, Stevie Wonder, mm-hmm. um, Rags to Riches. That Rags thing. to Rufus. Rags to Rufus, mm-hmm. excuse me. Um, <laughs> Rags to Rufus. That play on words worked. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, tell us about that. Steve, okay. Intro I was it. pregnant. Mm. I was about to deliver my first child. We had come out to L.A. after right after we signed our, our, our record contract. And Bob Monaco flew us over to uh, Los Angeles. And we did the album. He asked us one night, and we were in the studio... Yeah, on the previous album, we covered a Stevie Wonder song. And Stevie Wonder heard it, obviously. And he liked uh, the way I covered whatever song that was I covered. And then, um, so Bob Monaco somehow got to him. He was a hustler. He got to him and uh, got him to come down to the studio. He asked us one night in the studio. He says, how'd you guys like it if Stevie Wonder I brought Stevie down to the studio tomorrow night? He said, oh, yeah, right. That's how we were. Yeah. Okay, Bob. <laughs> sure. But everybody was down there to see if it happened. He came. Yeah. He came. Was Stevie revered like he is now then? Was it? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, everyone, he's always been big. I mean, he started at five <laughs> in his whole life. Uh, so Just off the inner visions as well. It's yeah. that period, right? Yeah, that's right. So he came down, and so, you know, after all the hoopla was over and everything, he didn't know I was pregnant. He was, he was trying to chat me up in that, right? He didn't know. <laughs> he does. <laughs> so... Um, I was keeping a clear distance, and he played um, one song, and no, I didn't say anything. So he said, you, you like that? I said, what else do you have? I said, I don't like that. No. Do you have something else? He said, what's your birth sign? I said, Aries, Pisces. He says, oh, Aries. He said, oh, I got something for you. He said he went to the waka, waka, waka. I said, oh, yeah, that works. <laughs> so we actually wrote the song together.
I know you all of you now. What's she going to do for me? The album that was my era, right? That's when mm. I kind of first. And now we, you know, we took that out of, out of the show. It was in the show. I, I heard you did that. I was yeah. a bit disappointed. I have, to, <laughs> Sorry. I, I have to tell you, but you did do. I know you all of you, and yeah. that's a. I mean, such a brilliant track, it and is. that's like disco classic as well. Mm. A lot of the songs we did, I wrote. That was that's what was really cool. That was cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
the album? Where does that fit into your memory? I don't have no memory of no. that. Really? Nail. Nothing. Wow. I have no memory. Night in Tunisia? Does it get Oh, that Night in Tunisia have a memory. That was right. That was, yeah, on that was in album. New York. That was with, that was with RF. Right. But yeah. I know you I live you. Who was that with? Was that same was album? Yeah. Yeah. See, I thought that was a Rufus. Is that Cuckoo? Yeah. Damn. A long time ago in the forties, Dizzy and Bird gave us this song. They called it a night in Tunisia, and the melody still lingers on. That's right. You're right about that. Great album. Mm, thank you. Great I think album. so. No, yeah. really. Your jazz sensibility on this on that record, mm-hmm. you can really hear it. You're the, when yeah. you talk about the horn, I really yeah, hear it. Yeah, I wrote it. all those parts. Yeah. The horn parts. Yeah. Yeah, and all that. So, fantastic. You can hear that. I'm so mm-hmm. glad you, you're mm-hmm. saying it. Mm-hmm. And also, the drumming of Steve Ferrone. Oh, Even God. from the every every track had this kind of like, you'd hear the drum fill and you know, that's yeah. it.
clouds. Clouds. Clouds would be great if we just really do it. And we have to do theatrics with it. It has to be something something theatric with it. It just can't. And we can't do the whole song because it really drags out. No. Right. But in a way, what was nice was you gave people the whole songs here because it would have been easy to have gone, you know what, let's just do a medley thing. Mm. I think that's better at a big show. What a big live show. What a big big show. show. Intimate, why are you playing medleys? Yeah, relax. Just relax and and sing. I mean, to me, the highlight of the evening was when you just sang by yourself.
Okay, all the singers that have referred back to you mm-hmm. from Jill Scott to Erica Badu. Mm-hmm. Is there anybody that you go, okay, um, I'm, I'm out the game. Um, you're the one who's going to follow. Take my place? Yeah. I don't, I don't have any princesses. You, know, you have to make your own boots, be who you, make your own kingdom. Mm-hmm. I'm not doing that. And I'm not carrying a torch for any singer either. I'm no. me. You know, I, I will carry the torch for the music, yeah. for the life form, but yeah. not for the life. <laughs> I remember seeing Erica Badu when she was 19 years old and she did Jazz Cafe, 20 years yeah. old. Mm-hmm. She just put out On and On and she did Stay. She did, mm-hmm. a, she did your song. She, did a couple, she, covers, she covers a couple of my songs very well, quite well. Yeah. Hollywood she did. And mm-hmm. I, I just remember thinking, she's young. She's that age. She was mm-hmm. a young girl and she was already giving you mm. maximum props. She's giving, she's yeah. giving me props, and that's, yeah. there's that's nothing it. wrong with nothing. that. Yeah. That's a beautiful thing. Yeah. And she did it well. Watching you on stage yesterday, mm-hmm. it was really good to see you with the power of the great band, really well-tuned band, mm-hmm. um, playing a personal, very close relationship <laughs> in the audience. More freaky than playing in front of 10,000 people. Do you know no, what I mean? I felt absolutely 100% at home. I thought the communication, mm. fabulous. It felt so just relaxed, yeah. you know, and I was compelled, I felt compelled to share. I thought you were so generous with your singers, you know, you've been singing a long time yeah, and your voice was amazing, but the way you were just playing off and you're giving people their mm. moment and mm-hmm. stuff, you know. That's what it's about. Yeah. It's about that.
What's the best period of your career now? Now, um, it's the best. I'm, I'm good. Yeah. Yeah. And we are desperate. Still got all my while my rockets are on fire. You know, yeah. all my rockets are they work. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they all work, you know, stalling out. <laughs> are you gonna be doing more? Are you gonna be oh, yeah. I'm not done yet, baby. You know, it's it's this kind of business. What I'm doing, this is my calling. I have to sing. It's my it's part of my balance thing. It keeps me balanced. So callings you can't you can't retire from. <laughs> so I'll be singing as long as I can sing. 